Hello and welcome to the Little Philosopher's Den podcast. I'm your host, Canton Little, and today's episode is going to start uh, the epic series of Fridays with Proust. You might be wondering, what is this series? Well, in today's episode, we will be discussing that and how I'm going to be approaching this series. But first, let me thank you for wanting to listen and to um, and to supporting me. Um, truly means a lot. And I apologize if I'm not the most eloquent. I do most of this with, uh, with very little script because I try to be as original as I can. I feel that scripts sometimes can divert from sometimes original thoughts on, um, on the spot anyway. So I apologize if this is not the most eloquent, but I digress. Anyway, so Marcel Proust, he is a French author who has written the longest novel in history, clocking in about 1.26 million words. His novel is called A la Cherche du Temps Perdu, or In Search of Lost Time, or as some people might call it, Remembrance of Things Past, which is the title I prefer more. It just sounds more eloquent. Now, why is this becoming a series? Well, Marcel Proust has written a seven-volume uh, novel uh, tackling time and memory and uh, childhood, love, etc. All the different human emotions, examining the human soul. And so I decided that to start the Proust projects, it would be very fascinating to document my journey from the Côte de Chez Swan or Swan's Way and working my way up all the way to the Temple Trouvé or uh, you know, Captain, you know, re uh, return of time, so to speak, you know. Um, so my goal ultimately with this series is to encourage you, dear listener, to brave the storm of Proust and to read his work. You can join me. You can be reading, you could be listening to this 10 years from now, five years from now. He could be reading this when I'm already done with the series. And I've also made it a bit of a, my goal to become a, an expert in Proust, or at least a scholar of Proust and his work. I have fallen madly in love with his prose, uh, with his writing, with the world building. Just everything about it is nourishing. I certainly am not just entirely braving this on my own. Uh, if you go to patreon.com, there is... Uh, a book club called the Hardcore Literature Book Club with Benjamin McAvoy. And he has certainly helped guide me uh, in certain ways as to how to approach Proust in a fulfilling way. And of course, I'll try to give as much credit as I can to the sources that I, I do use because, granted, not everything is 100% original in the modern world. And a lot of times, I think giving credit where credit is due is a great place, great thing to do. The blog that I'm referencing is my own. It is called The Little Philosopher's Den. Uh, you can find that on WordPress. And so the post that I will be slightly referring to throughout this uh, episode is called In Search of Proust. I wrote this on Marcel Proust's 151st birthday. Um, and I am endeavoring to make every Friday an update on both the blog and the podcast uh, for uh, Proust and his work. And I hope that uh, this episode does come out on a Friday. If not, I will 
pre-record it beforehand and then release it on a Friday if that's what happens. Um, but we'll see today. Um, I apologize for being ill-prepared. I'm just very excited um, for this, uh, taking in something new. A little bit of a backstory or background for myself. I am a university student, uh, second year, uh, studying philosophy and French and um, at the University of Arkansas. And I have fallen madly in love with literature, uh, literature again uh, because of Benjamin McAvoy. I found his YouTube channel um, about six or seven months ago. It was certainly before he hit 10, 10K subscribers. And I've always been in love with uh, classic uh, literature as a kid, as a child. Uh, my mom and my father have always read, always been uh, voracious readers, more particularly my, my mom rather than my father. He has always been, um, you know, he was in medical school for a, a good while and was always reading medical books and reading nonfiction, but Ben certainly helped him with that, uh, read literature. So I've read Jane Austen, I've read um, Sherlock Holmes, I've read The Three Musketeers, I've, I've read... Um, notable works, of course. And this fall, I'll be taking a class on Shakespeare, uh, which I'm very excited to be taking. And so I figured that since I should read Marcel Proust, and I've heard that he's a very daunting uh, author, I figured, why not brave the storm and document my journey, document the progress? Reading Proust is certainly not easy. He can be a bit uh, long-winded with some of his sentences, and other times he can be just um, a bit uh, vague, I suppose, with, with certain aspects of his prose. It can be very nourishing, or it can be very um, difficult to understand. But I think that's the fun of it. Um, well, I think that's the fun of really reading any book. Um, for example, uh, as a philosophy student, I have to read a lot of philosophy. Uh, Aristotle, Plato, Hume, Leibniz, you name it, I, have to, I, I pretty much have to read it for whatever class. You have to understand the arguments. You have to understand the logic. You have to understand how and why and the approach. So using my training so far in philosophy, it's really helping me start to read Proust and understand him a lot better. Of course, I am also reading the French uh, versions of Alucius Tampeldu. Uh, I'm currently only a page or two into the Côte de Chez Swan. Uh, since French is not my native language, it is um, a second language that I'm still learning to gain fluency in. And eventually, whenever I, uh, I get fluent, I hope to collect more of Proust in French. Um, so, with that being said, how is it that I'm going to approach reading Proust? And how is it that you should approach reading Proust? Well, I think that we should approach reading Proust in four ways. Slowly, reflectively, actively, and subconsciously. So what do I mean by slowly? Well, by slowly, I mean you got to take Proust very slow. It's not something that you can necessarily rush through. I would argue that you shouldn't necessarily rush through any book because every book has something that the author is trying to uh, give to you, something that they're trying, a message that they're trying to convey, something that they want, uh, that they either are alluding to or something 
um, that you only get after reading 10 or 15 times. For example, the Bible, you know, uh, a lot of people read the Bible. A lot of people can read the same passage and get different interpretations. You can read the same passage for, let's say, 10 years, and you'll get something new out of it. And by no means should you rush reading most books. Uh, there are some books where I, I think it would be okay to um, speed read, in a sense. But I think in order for you to be a really active reader, to be someone who wants to analyze and understand, to have a conversation with the author, you have to take it slowly. You have to absorb it. Um, so my goal, and this is a very hopeful goal, is to spend roughly two to three months per book. That is, like I said, a very wishful, it's wishful thinking because uh, Proust is very uh, difficult and uh, towards the end of this episode, I'll read an excerpt from uh, the first book. Um, but he is uh, someone that there's a lot of meaning behind just one paragraph. And one paragraph can be half a page, uh, depending on the edition that you get, of course. I am reading the Modern Library uh, edition that was published in 1991 or 92. Um, I have it here with me. Let me grab it. Ah, yes, here it is. Yes, it was published in uh, 1992. Uh, so I just think that um, adjusting it is necessary if uh, if I feel like I need to spend more time on any particular section of the books. Um, so slowly, reading slowly, that's something that we should do whenever we're doing any big reading project or really reading something in depth. Now on to reflectively. What do I mean by reflectively? Well, reflectively is essentially what Proust is doing throughout this work. In a sense, from what I understand so far, I'm only nine pages into a Swan's Way. Proust is very much reflecting on his childhood, it seems. And in a sense, I feel that in order for us to pay homage to him and his work, we have to in a sense, join him in and being reflective in that. And as Ben, uh, Benjamin McAvoy said in the Hardcore Literature Book Club, Proust's books are a mirror reflecting back to the rear, reflecting back to our soul. And I found Ben's description of that very beautiful, very eloquent, something that um, certainly um, spoke to me. Um, so I think that's one way that we should read is very reflectively. Because Proust is also dealing with parts of the human spirit, parts of the human condition. He's dealing with our mind, with time, with memory. And so we have to reflect on this as we as we read. And I think that you should reflect on anything that you read. Um, because a lot of things that we read, you might just read passively. Uh, let's say, for example, you're in a history class and you're having to read a book for a history class. You might not fully retain everything that you understand. Um, but if you read reflectively, you take notes as you're reading, you underline, you highlight, you annotate those books. Oh, it just gets so, you understand so much more. Uh, I've heard a professor of mine say um, that a book with no annotation is a book not read. And so I try to live by that where, you know, I, I mark books, I mark things that speak to me, mark things I think are might be illusions or uh, 
references to things I might need to understand or see, references to books, art, music, etc. Um, in fact, on a blog post I'm re- uh, working on right now is Haruka Murakami's uh, Norwegian Wood, and he mentioned Brahms' Fourth Symphony and the Magic Mountain by Thomas Mann, uh, which I have listened to, and I'm starting to read or have a copy of a Thomas Mann's The Magic Mountain. Um, so, reflectively, there, there there's that aspect, um, which brings me to actively. So. We can't fully appreciate an author and what an author brings to the table by reading passively. And what I mean by reading passively is you're just scanning and or glaring, glazing over the uh, lines of a book, an article, or whatever it is that you might be reading, a poem, for example. And you're just glazing over it. You think you're retaining it, but you're not. You're not being active. You're not focused. And so for us to fully understand and really try to get nourishment or to to really understand what the author is trying to convey the meaning it is important for us to read actively to be active Um, we can't devote ourselves fully to the conversation that the author uh, that is uh, trying to convey if we read passively and so passive reading can lead us to possibly misunderstanding uh, the author's message, um, skipping crucial sentences or the structure of the very part of the work, which can ultimately lead to more misunderstanding. It certainly doesn't help. Uh, think, for example, back to the Bible. A lot of people can read it passively and not fully understand like uh, what is being conveyed or try to take an exegetical um, viewpoint. And I think in a sense, that's what we need to do with more more literature, uh, with philosophy and with history is take a bit of an exegetical um, kind of kind of view, do an exegesis on them, uh, simply because you can't fully understand what is written based purely on the source material. You also have to look back on the author and who they are, what their background is like and such. And I think that helps. Uh, Proust has a very interesting um, history, I, I suppose. Um, and I think understanding his background certainly is, uh, important. Um, he was a homosexual, um, during a time where, uh, you, you could be killed for it, of course. And there's another famous one, uh, homosexual like uh, Oscar Wilde, who, if you know anything about the picture of Dorian Gray, you certainly know that he went on trial for that. And let's just say it didn't end up pretty well for him, um, but Marcel was a uh, an interesting intellectual, uh, certainly not appreciated his time, very much like Nietzsche. Nietzsche was certainly not appreciated in his time. He's more appreciated now than I believe he ever was during his uh, lifetime. So reading actively helps us engage with the author and helps us to really look further, deep, deeper. Uh, dig further into the work like why was it written what was the author doing you know what's the author's back background like we do that with our friends for example when you meet someone or you have a best friend you know you know who their parents are you know their backgrounds you know um you know the uh, bits and pieces of their childhood you you start to befriend them. And in a sense, with your favorite author or an author that you're really enjoying, in a sense, we should do the same thing. I'm not saying that you need to under, like fully memorize their 
biography or autobiography, you know every single detail about them. But simply understanding the time period in which it was written in, or trying to understand kind of how the author was raised, the 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 culture, the the language and, and such certainly helps us uh, to read more actively and to really understand and appreciate the beauty that they can bring to us. And in this sense, Proust certainly brings an indelible beauty um, and joy to Swan's Way. Finally, subconsciously, and what I mean by subconsciously is that, you know, if not all reading is done actively, uh, it's not also really done within the activity of reading. Uh, most of the time when we start to understand a story, uh, it happens when we're asleep or when we're in a state of being relaxed. For example, most great ideas happen in the shower. Uh, funnily enough, the idea, the title for this uh, episode or the series, the Fridays with Proust, happened to me while I was taking a shower and I was thinking about this podcast and what I wanted to do with it. And uh, so a lot of things can happen. Uh, for example, Proust, um, he, he makes an, uh, just an excellent, um, excellent um, reference to this or allusion to this in a sense. Um, so I shall read this part. This is from page three of Combray. He says, sometimes too. As Eve was created from a rib of Adam, a woman would be born during my sleep from some misplacing of my thigh. Conceived from the pleasure I was on the point of enjoying, she it was, I imagined, who offered me that pleasure. My body, conscious that its own warmth was permeating hers, would strive to become one with her, and I would awake. The rest of humanity seemed very remote in comparison with this woman whose company I had left but a moment ago. My cheek was still warm from her kiss. My body ached beneath the weight of hers. If, as would sometimes happen, she had the features of some woman whom I had known in waking hours, I would abandon myself altogether to, the, uh, to this end, to find her again. Like people who set out on a journey to see with their eyes some city of their desire, and imagine that one can taste in reality what has charmed one's fancy. And then, gradually, the memory of her would fade away. I had forgotten the girl of my dream. This... You might be wondering, like, how is that a subconscious kind of understanding? Well, in a sense, it's a subconscious understanding uh, because he's seeing, we see in our dreams, we see people, most of the, we see people that we know. And so this is like a reference to his daily life. And when you read that passage, you can think back subconsciously, maybe to back to your dreams, or you might dream it eventually of some experience that's similar to that. I can definitely say that I've experienced something like that myself. Um, it was surreal. And it actually happened, I think, three or four days um, after I just read that little passage. And it was uh, beautiful. Um, subconscious act, uh, understanding uh, really does happen a lot when we're relaxed. So if you're reading a difficult book, let's say, for example, you're reading... Ulysses, or you're reading uh, In Search of Lost Time, or you're reading um, the Bible. A lot of the times, the meaning or the what the author is conveying doesn't immediately jump out to us. But as we, we, we write in our journals, as we 
underline or we highlight and we just reflect on that passage, reflect on the words, it suddenly starts coming back to us. Uh, Proust also wrote uh, a bit about that in the first page of uh, Swan's Way. Uh, he said, and I quote this, of course. He says, I would make as if to put away the book which I imagined was still in my hands and to blow out the light. I had gone on thinking while I was asleep about what had just what I had just been reading. Um, while I uh, was asleep about what I had just been reading, but these thoughts had taken a rather peculiar turn. It seemed to me that I myself was the immediate subject of my book. A church, a quartet, the rivalry between Francois Premier and Charles V. The impression persisted for some moments after I woke. It did not offend my reason, but lay like scales upon my eyes and prevented them from registering the fact that the candle was no longer burning. Then it would begin to seem unintelligible, as the thoughts of, previous, of a previous existence must be after reincarnation. The subject of my book would separate itself from me, leaving me free to apply it myself to it or not. End quote. And that is a very poignant passage alluding to the subconscious structure of what we read. Um, I think that also really hammers in the point. But uh, before I end the episode, I would certainly like to read this in full from my blog, um, this last paragraph that I typed. And it reads as follows. As of writing this, I'm currently four pages into Swan's Way, or the first volume of Proust. I fall in love with the prose, the reflective writing style, and the way I feel connected to Marcel. It's my hope to you, dear reader and dear listener, that you will join me on this epic journey. It is my hope that we may feel the connection between ourselves and our dear Marcel, that we may understand the condition of the human spirit with time. And it is my hope that I won't be alone as I journey in search of Proust. And so it is my hope that you, dear listener, will brave the storm with me on this epic journey with Proust, that we search for something more than ourselves, that we try to see the whole story and the love, the reflectiveness, and see parts of ourselves and our soul as we peruse and understand our dear Marcel Proust. I thank you for listening uh, to this podcast, this very first episode. Um, and I look forward to any feedback that I might get from you, from viewers. If you guys would certainly want me to uh, write a script to make it, uh, I guess, a little more eloquent, by all means, send me a message and I'll be happy to accommodate. Like I said before, uh, I just don't do scripts because I feel that it can take away from the originality of thoughts on the spot, which I always find is kind of fun. So anyway. Thank you again for listening to the uh, Little Philosopher's Den podcast. I'm your host, Cantor Little, and I hope you will join me for another Fridays with Proust. Good day.